From the Saddle is brought to you by Hewitt Consulting and Communications. Specialising in rural business and marketing design, find them on Facebook and Instagram. From the Saddle. I just need to take five and just go away and recover. <laughs> Not even high pressure, I don't know the word. Describe it. From the Saddle. I'm Caitlin Hewitt and this is From the Saddle. His buckle collection and trophy cabinet exceeds more than most ever will. However, I wanted the focus of this next conversation to be more on the person than the victories. Ben Hall comes from a very well-known camp drafting family, but cattle droving runs thick in his veins too. Some of the greatest that the industry has ever seen. I'd heard his name, we've interviewed his wife, and I'd read a lot about him. But before this interview, I'd never actually met Ben. I was pleasantly surprised how comfortable Ben was having this conversation with me. He sat kicked back in the seat with a beer in his hand, a smirk on his face and cheek in his eye. We laughed, he shared some great advice and there was a glimpse of emotion. He took me on a journey I never expected. From the saddle. Ben Hall, you need absolutely no introduction, so let's not even beat around the bush. Thanks very much for taking the time to join us on this fine Tuesday evening at Paradise Lagoons. Tell me about what it was like growing up as the son of Terry and Chris Hall. Yeah, it had a lot of lurks and perks. Obviously, had a lot of uh, good stepping stones, I guess, with with horses and everything. Mum pretty much reared us, I guess. Um, Dad was always away working to provide what, what, what we ended up with or what we've got now. So, yeah, as soon as we got a break from school, which I really loved, um, <laughs> <laughs> we, um, yeah, we were out there every minute, um, had the opportunity, had two great phenomenal grandfathers that were really instrumental, I guess, um, for where I've got myself to now, I guess. I put a fair bit down to them, um, especially Artie. I'd go to go driving with him or... Um, he pretty much, yeah, got us into uh, the two best gardens I've ever had and, and, yeah, sort of went on from there. And, like, when he was alive, I'd talk to him every week, um, you know, from anything, what we were doing, uh, driving. If I was having trouble or something, to ring him and he could tell you just straight away, five minutes, he'd, um, yeah, you'd go and try that and everything could be back in line again. you think you were, yeah, doing the worst job in the world and he'd um, straighten you out pretty quick and... Um, Johnny London, mum's father, he um, was uh, into race horses and I I never really liked racing or anything um, and I probably had more to do with him before he passed away. Just little things that he said um, meant a lot and come into context, you know, in general conversation with someone else, you know, so yeah, they were really instrumental and um, mum, I guess, um, doesn't say a lot but when she says something, it, it means a lot. And same with Dad, he, done, he never said a lot to us when we were drafting or riding horses, um, apart from when you're working with him, he yelled and screamed, yelled and went on, <laughs> whatever, but he didn't say a lot, but he, yeah, he, he sort of said it at the right times, I guess. You know, we never, people at drafts, they see yelling and screaming at their kids on the side of a cutout yard, mum and dad wouldn't say a word, and if anyone said something, they'd ask them to be quiet sort of thing, and I think watching that today and... And um, thinking about it back then, you know, we'd be driving home middle of the night and you'd sit up there for a yarn driving home and they'd say, oh, I remember when you did that, you know, you just little things like that. And mum used to video everything. So 
we'd watch video from Wednesday night and uh, you were sparing your horse too much. No, I wasn't. And then you watch it on video and you're like, oh, yeah, I was. So yeah. um, didn't have to say much when it, when it was there, black and white. So I think that really helped from such a young age for Jane and I. So, Ben, let's go back. You said that, you know, mum and dad wouldn't yell at you from the cat eight yard or anything like that. It was the quiet ride home on the truck. There's a lot to be said, I think, to go about things the right way when you speak to kids and, you know, give advice. Do you think that was valuable to you then? Oh, definitely. I don't think there's anything worse than someone saying something to you straight after you've had a run, especially if you buggered it up, you're like hot. No one's beating yourself up more than you. Yeah. I think, um, uh, you know, an hour later, even in today's thing, uh, you know, Will and I have got a really good relationship, drafting-wise, work-wise, everything, and, you know, we know when we've done something wrong and then, you know, might be at the bar later on that night and even Pete Comiskey or, you know, anyone, all the good competitors or whatever, you know what you've done wrong and then, um, yeah, you might have a bit of a yarn about it, what you could have done to fix it or, you know, yeah, you know what you've done wrong, but it's um, nothing worse than someone says something and you're riding at the gate and you're like, oh, I'd like. <laughs> anyway, it, it, um, that I think is the same as being a kid too. It, it probably doesn't sink in straight away. You're still thinking about what's gone wrong and anything you do, like anything you've done wrong, um, if someone said something to you later on, it's different than getting yelled at at, the, at that moment, you know, later on when you've done something wrong or someone said, oh, you know, if you had it, just went around there and whatever, open that gate back that way, things would have been different. You're like, oh, yeah, no, it probably would have been. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely I think that was really instrumental and and I see it today too, just doing schools and every weekend to the same sort of stuff, I think. So your dad's grandfather, you spoke about, you know, how much he influenced you, I guess. Yep. What, like, what was his path? What what did he do? He, like, he was a driver um, from... I think the age of like seven, he was, you know, walking mobs of sheep around with his father and I think I'm fourth generation driver at the time and just that knowledge of handling stock and horses and bad horses I think has really helped. Just, yeah, just his general knowledge of it, uh, phenomenal knowledge and memory and the miles that he'd done really meant a lot to me and, yeah, I got on great, unbelievable with him, yeah. So it... um like I say, if you had a problem with anything, anything in life, to generally it was um, pretty easy to have a yarn on you about it, and they'd steer you pretty straight, and didn't want to have a run with you too later <laughs> on. In life it was, it was pretty good. So let's touch on that droving. You just mentioned that you're the fourth generation. Yep. To go, you know, carry on droving in your family. How did that all start? Uh, like, like I say, every school holiday or whenever I could get out of school, I'd go with Dad or Artie. I didn't mind going with Artie a little bit better. He didn't get didn't used to yell at us too much, <laughs> as much as I'll follow His communication was yes, a bit different. Yes, yes, a lot different, yeah. <laughs> and um, I, I, when I was working, I tried to work off that a lot too. But, yeah, so we left school left school when I was 15 and um, pretty much Dad picked us up at the front gate the last day of school and we headed headed out to start with a mob of cattle and um, I pretty much cooked and done everything. Uh, whatever we had to do and um, 12 months later I started with a horse and wagonette because I was too young to have a licence so I took Artie's, uh, he got a horse for us and, and um, hooked a wagonette up and went old style which um, I think was, yeah, it was great for me and I think it would be great for anyone 
learning how to live um, pretty much off nothing and not have any expenses was probably um, a really big learning curve uh, at that time. And then gradually worked on the water ute, water truck, um, just because I had to move around for so much work and had pretty much went driving for 10 years straight, really. You know, got an odd draft in here and there and then gradually worked my way into um, getting things organised and having good men. I've always had really good men working for me over the last 25 years, I guess. And I think organisation is the biggest thing to have sorted when you're doing that sort of job, organising things so you could go away and have a you know weekend away drafting or whatever and and then come back to work and hopefully everything's going as clockwork still um and then i um started contract mastering more so because it wasn't um 24 7 the driving it was yeah, yeah it's 24 7 like you yes when even when you're away you're thinking about things that what's going to happen if your cattle get out and someone yeah. runs into them and gets you hurt. never switch off yeah so mastering um you know if we put them in a yard and they rush that night and take the yard out well we're going to get them tomorrow sort of thing and and um yeah organize things so you know you finish finish with mobile cattle in the yards branded everything's done dusted when you leave thursday night to go to a draft and that worked a lot better and it, and it actually paid a lot better too and um and your men got a release too like they could they could actually go away on you know go to a rodeo whatever they wanted to do so it worked out a lot better for me and and um, end up with a lot of good good places to work on, and it, I had to adjust the horsework side of it. Just get smarter with that, um, knowing when to take what horses and all that. But yeah, having ten men work for you, yeah, you know, every day, um, you had to deal with a lot of different personalities. Yeah, and, I bet. And then um, I really enjoyed that. Did a bit of inner Terry come out in you? I I can go off too. Don't worry, um, but I get over it. A drop of a hat too. Like a, if I've got something to say, I'll say it and then I'm done with it and let's get on and finish the job. It's Well, I think most of the time, the only time that I went off was to get the job done and then I'm I'm over it. Let's get going and get on with the next part of it. But Well, I guess there's a lot on the line at the, at the time. Yep. Artie always said to me, you never knock a job back and, and you never quit on a job. And um, we've sort of always sort of lived by those morals a bit and – if I set out to do something on a day, I want to get it done. It's um, we never. I don't think we ever run any real wrecks, but we always got our work done so we could go away and get a job done. Yep. Even when I had clowns like Will Durkin working <laughs> for me. <laughs> Who's Will Durkin? Yeah. <laughs> Some um, hopper. <laughs> so take me back. What was the first day like? What age were you when you first went droving solo? Sixteen. Yeah. Did you have any men? I had. Um, a friend of mine, and he was the same age. He might have been a couple months older. He come with us, and uh, it was a pretty exciting time for the pair of us. Really, like, you know, who, who's sixteen in our era in '93? I think. Um, who does that? Goes with a horse and wagonette, and um, lives out on the road with a mob of cattle. And how big was the mob? We had a thousand steers. Holy do! Yeah, first first mob we had. We we started at Terry High High. Down in New South Wales, and um, they're mob of Brahmin steers, which was really good because Brahmins are way better to handle than um, a lot of other breeds. Very smart, and we had them a week off, twelve months on the road. It was a really dry year that year, and we ended up walked them all the way to Augustella and out to Charleville and back to Tambo, and then we headed for home, and we ended up putting them in a paddock at Gundawindi. 
yeah, it was a week off twelve months. So yeah, it was um, it was really good. And then then we sort of yeah graduated from that. Um, there was, seemed to be a lot of droving at the time, and we'd start a lot of cattle for Dad and his crew, and get them all broke in, and then he'd turn up, take them, and we'd go and get a fresh mob, which it was good too. It kept it exciting. Like everyone thinks droving's boring, but uh, any job's what you make of it. And we used to have a fair bit of fun, so <laughs> make our own fun, and um, rode a lot of terrible horses for people. And, um, <laughs> People would turn up in a horse float and say, oh, your father said you'd ride this horse for us for a couple of weeks. And, yeah, there were some pretty ordinary horses turning up. And, but it was fun, yeah. Yeah, right. So major catastrophes, were there any? Were there many? Oh, I wouldn't say any major ones. We Not even in the early days? Oh, yeah, no, no, don't no, get me wrong. We, we were no saints. We, um, yeah, we did run a few royals, but they were... <laughs> You know, they're fixable. You've got to learn by your mistakes. And I think um, anyone says they hadn't run a royal, their line. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. But um, getting them fixed and getting back on track, I think, is um, yeah, key. Yeah. Did you enjoy the challenge? Yep, definitely. Yep. I loved it. Going out and you start with a mob of cattle, like 1,000 head of steers, and you're riding along with them by yourself um, with a couple of dogs or... Uh, a couple of ho- young, yeah, riding mo- mob of young horses, and um, you can control a thousand head of cattle. It's um, well, you think about it, one person with a thousand head of cattle, it's um, it's a good challenge. And you know, we went on from that. We moved further and further north, and I started walking cattle off uh, Arm Rental at Burketown up in the Gulf, and we used to walk down to uh, Krongaloo at Windora, and we'd uh, one year we had twenty six hundred head. And, um, yeah, it was pretty amazing seeing that many cattle and just dealing with them day to day, you know, like making sure they're watered and keeping them in hand. You would have learned some amazing things along the way, though. Yep. Especially about cattle and horses and... Yeah, knowing, knowing the, I guess, when to pull up, you know, when, when enough's enough, really, and how far you can push them. And, but dealing with people, I think, is probably the biggest thing I learned. Especially driving on stock routes and everything, you know, someone will pull up and you know, oh, you're usually going to have trouble with the old mate next door, you know. Someone's made him cranky and Artie taught me really how to deal with them, those sort of followers and the followers that people would say that I'm going to have trouble with, I got on with the best out of the lot, you know, and we never had any trouble. Like, we did our job and did what we had to do within the guidelines and, you know, you can bend them a little bit, you don't break them, but you bend them. And, yeah, you know, always have you fallen out with someone, but never had any of that much trouble. I think, you know, especially the old guys, all they want is a bit of respect, right? Yeah, definitely. The biggest drama we had or that I had was because I was so young. Um, you know, the fellas, cockies would pull up and they'd say, where's the boss? And I'd just point him, point him down the other end and say, oh, he's up there. And <laughs> it was awesome. They'd go up there and they were younger than me and they'd end up coming back and they're like, he said you were the boss. I said, no, no, he's the boss. And that would really yeah, stir him up. But I said, you didn't ask if I was the boss. You said, where is he? So anyway, but yeah, no, it was, um, it was pretty good. And after I'd sort of been up there, I'd uh, done that trip the first year, met a lot of really good people and I really liked the north, down-to-earth people up there and, and it was a lot better than being down in down the south, like you got in the farmers and, yeah, they were very hard to deal with, the cotton growers and <laughs> wheat growers and didn't like shutting gates and cattle like eating wheat and oh. drinking cotton growers' water. So, yeah, we, um, we used to get into some trouble down there, but 
Yeah. It, um, once I got to the north and started driving up there, we did that job for five years and and then they yeah, started wanting to truck them then. So, um, and then that contract mustering come up. A friend of mine was contract mustering and he went managing. So I went, done his job and ended up working for him. And, and yeah, it just progressed from there. And it was um, really enjoyed the contract mustering. Yeah. What about it did you love? Um, pretty much the flexibility. I could go to a draft and, and not worry about uh, what was going on at the camp. You know, the boys could have their weekends off and as time's gone on, I think people don't like doing 24-7. Well, no one wants to do 24-7 now. So, you know, back when I started, I was getting 230 bucks a week. You know, like people want more than that a day today. I yep. don't think a lot of them are worth it, but... Um, that's what they want to pay them and they don't expect to work from daylight to dark or work all night either. So, yeah, that the flexibility probably was the best thing about it and probably a bit more um, challenging too. You know, uh, mustering paddocks and a lot of the country we did, cattle haven't been mustered before and had a bit on and, yeah, it made it pretty exciting, you know, bull catching and all that sort of stuff too. So it, that made it more exciting for me and, and my men. So... You enjoyed the challenge of it, yep. the freedom of it. How old are you about this point? Um, I reckon when I first went up there, I would have been 24, 25. I think I went to Canada and I was 24, 2001. And then when I got home, I'd done a couple of years driving and then that, that sort of come up and... Um, I thought this is me, yeah, I'll do, handle this job up here. And so we got going into that and pretty much finished it up last year. It sort of got us to where we are now. Like we got two places now, Jay and I, and being away doing that work sort of set us up pretty much. Jay run the, run the places and the, like the caretakers and everything we had on the places at home and, and she sort of went between them and brought the camp draft horses to the draft if we got to the draft and I stayed at work and uh, it um, – pretty much cemented us in a drought. We had bloody eight years of drought, so, yeah. So, Ben, at what age did you meet Jay? Um, I met Jay when we first went to the Territory, um, 96, 95. I think we went to the Territory and I met Jay. She was working on Bunda out there and um, we went to the Pearl of North and I met Jay up there then. Did you romance her? Took a liking to her, eh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I took a long to her then and it took me a couple of years to work it out that she was the one. Yep. And um, Look, yeah. you guys aren't real fast learners, let's let's be honest. Yeah. You're all tired with the same brush. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you got to try these women out for a while, eh? See if they're really what you want. <laughs> so, um, mate, um, at what point did you rodeo? Because I know you used to rodeo as well. Yep. Um, it was always always something I wanted to do. And um, mum's brother, my uncle, Johnny Lundome, two-gun, he used to radio. My dad and my grandfather used to radio together and they used to argue about who was the best bronc rider. And of course they did. You could imagine yep. one's 20 years old, 30 years older than yep. another one. And anyway, they used to ride together. And So, yeah, I, um, yeah, I always wanted to have a go. And anyway, Johnny had finished, um, John Boy had finished rodeoing and he said, here's all the gear. Um, and I actually had a mob of cattle on the road around Canamble where they lived. I said to him, I said, all right, can you organise some horses and show me what the go is here? 
And um, I was riding steers and whatever. And anyway, yeah, he said, yeah, yeah, wheel in here. So we put the cattle in a reserve for the day or whatever and went in and he's like, righto, this there, you put the saddle on, this is what you do, got to get on. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah, that, just like that. And he said, yep. And he said, the main thing, main thing you got to learn is um, spur a horse out and don't fall off. <laughs> so righto. I thought I wasn't too bad at not falling off, so learnt to spur them out and, yeah, sort of went on from there. I, Did you fall off? No, nah, not not that day. No, nah, don't worry, I didn't get thrown off a lot. I made it a bit of a thing. I never wanted to get thrown off. I'd, yeah. It was a thing not to miss horses out, spur them out and um, get thrown off. And, yeah, I got thrown off a couple, but, yeah, they were good ones too. I didn't fall off any rubbish, so <laughs> I don't think so. I was... Pretty happy about the one, or oh, satisfactory, I guess, for the ones I did fall off. Yeah. But, yeah, so that was sort of something I always wanted to do. I wanted to do more of it, but uh, every time I went to go rodeo and Dad found another mob of cattle for us to take on the did. road. Yeah. So I, um, I didn't get to do as much rodeo in Australia that I wanted to. Anyway, I finally stood me dig, and one thing I always wanted to do was go overseas. So I thought, right, yeah, you take these cattle and I give him a mob for a change. and um, I'll be back in six months. I'll see you in 12 months' time, <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. So, yeah, and um, went over there and went to Canada and had a hell of a time and learned a lot more. Like, just, I hated it the first fortnight I was there. I was that bored, sitting around doing nothing because I'd never ever sat around yeah. beforehand. I was always, I had a mob of cattle or something to do and, yeah, I was bored. Went to every shop in Olds in um, Alberta and asked for a job. And <laughs> anyway, we end up a job at the sale yards and worked for a really good fellow over there. And he let us go. He just said, Do you tell us when you want to go to what day you go on the radio and when you'll be back? And yeah, Tom Fay and I, we, um, we traveled around all over there and had a hell of a time and, and um, just sort of, I think, sort of learned a lot more or got more consistent at it because we could do four or five radios a weekend and that's pretty much how you had to make your money. So it, um, yeah, it was good. And then we come home and I think most radios I've ever done in Australia and it 12 months is 12 radios and made the finals a couple of times and wanted to do more, but work sort of kept getting in the road of it really. And end of the day, work was going to get us to where we are now more yeah, than yeah. being a broken down cowboy that just got a ute and a buckle on um, was sort of never really my plan. I just, yeah, would have liked to have done a little bit more, but yeah, I was happy with what I got done and um, won a lot of good radios and um, rode some good horses too. Got on, got on some really good horses and met a lot of good friends. We had sort of two lots of friends, you know, you had your Kandrar friends and then your radio friends and most of the fellas I rodeoed with back in the day are Kandrafter now, so it's... Yeah. it's um, Camp drafting's like the retired radio sport. Yep, exactly, and um, and they're pretty decent at it too. Uh, yeah, they're so good bronco, they're... Um, good cowboy though, well they're good at most things so yeah it's still got some really good friends um, that we radioed with and yeah some really good times, good yeah. stories. From the Connected to rural communities and farming families, the team at Hewitt Consulting have a unique understanding and ever-growing portfolio of rural digital and marketing designs. The most reputable marketing and design business in rural Australia. And a few sneaky ones overseas. 
logo designs, bull sale catalogues, marketing material, custom trucker caps and merchandise, horse adverts and a whole lot more. Caitlin and Robin understand that each project is as unique as the business it's for. Contact them today www.hewittconsultingco.com.au Find them on Facebook and Instagram. From the saddle. From the saddle. So rodeoing and camp drafting, you know, two worlds where you were doing it at the same time? Yep. 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 It was, um, yeah, it was nothing better on a weekend, go to a rodeo and um, you win open draft and open bronc ride yeah. and bullock ride. And yeah. Go on everything too. Look, yeah, we used to um, try and go on everything we could, especially in the drafts in the north and the territory. Um, you just ended everything. <laughs> and ended everything. Come Monday or Sunday night, you were that wore out and sore and tired, but it was worth it. It was bloody, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. It's um, something that probably doesn't happen a lot nowadays. Um, there's only a couple of radios left in the north that still have the radio and can't draft. Um, and a lot of. Not a lot of young fellas have a go at everything, yeah. which is a shame. I think, yeah, the whole society's turned into pussies, really. <laughs> they, um, you know, they get a little bit sore and they're like, oh, I'm sore, I can't do this or something like, toughen up, princess. Like, it, yeah, it was, it's, um, it's a thrill. It's a challenge for yourself, too, like, to, to go in everything and, and test your hand at everything. Like, um, I never wanted to be someone that, you know, you talk to an old fellow and they say, oh, I wish they had done this, I wish they had done that. Well, stuff it, I've done it. But there's only, um, I've only got one thing left on my bucket lift and it um, probably never happened either. But What's your, what, what's it, what is it? I want to play guitar. <gasps> so do I. Yeah. Joe can play guitar. Yeah. I've, I've told him he's got to teach me. I, reckon I, I know I failed music bad. I only done music for one year, I think, but at school and, yeah, I couldn't understand any of it, but. Surely it can't be that hard. Eh? Surely not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you rode Bronx, you, you know, smashed camp drafting, drove a thousand head of cattle at six. Mate, what's guitar playing? Oh, it's only a little it's round, half round thing with it's strings gotcha. on it. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. I've got a bit of time left. So you I'll do. Work on it, eh? Yeah, you do. Yeah. So, Ben, um, you met Jay. We, we touched on that. At what age did you marry and have kids? Well, when I come back from Canada, I sort of thought, well, that's everything I've sort of got really that I want to get done. Um, you know, go over there and had the opportunity. We could have went back and all that, but I sort of, that was what I wanted to get done. And then um, pretty much I'd got myself in a position. I'd had money, sort of enough money saved up and um, cattle and got a bit, uh, everything growing a little bit. And then I thought, well, now I need a wife. Um, so, <laughs> um, I think it was 26, 26 or seven. I actually, we got married, and then um, yeah, twelve months later, we sort of got things sorted. I want to always wanted to have things sorted. I just didn't want to jump in this stuff and be half-assing it sort of thing. I always liked to sort of plan ahead a bit. And anyway, we um, bought Bibble, and uh, Madison was born, and yeah, we sort of went on from there, and and what, and then. Um, yeah, and then we bought Colwar off Jay's parents and a couple of years after that. And yeah, it's been good. It's been challenging too. We've had a lot of, lot of droughts, a lot yeah. of dry years, but, um, you know, I always like to have a finger in a bit of, every bit of pile. We, I've got trucks, a couple of trucks and done a bit of grain carting and 
when uh, mushroom finished, we went grain carting to pay for adjustment or yeah. move cattle and then bed crates so I could move the cattle and didn't have to pay anyone else. And yeah, it was um, a bit hectic, got really hectic there, mobby years. And, but there's always someone else worse off than yourself. Yeah, every time you think you're getting down, I think you just think of someone that's worse off than yourself and toughen up and get on with it like it's um, working out pretty good. And, yeah, we're going pretty good. So. So, mate, once Madison came into the world, did you find that you'd, your mindset sort of changed on life a bit? No. No? No. Um, I was, um, yeah, pretty, really excited and same deal. I, sort of, I was still away working all the time, so Jay sort of pretty much reared the kids, you know, up till pretty much last year, really. Like, it's, um, she's done an exceptional job with the kids and the places, Um because I've been away working all the time, I have probably miss miss stuff with them, I guess. Um, but I think it's sort of—I didn't really know it was that was how I was brought up. So as it didn't really, and not say matter, but I, I wasn't sort of that worried about it. We yeah. um, seen them nearly every weekend, and and I loved them coming working for, working with us too. It was um, and Madison's really into the horses and cattle, and and White, yeah, he'll come on a bike and help us, and he's in his machines and. Um, as much as it, I'd love him to ride horses and chase cattle and yeah, all he's that. He's just but not a horsey. That's, that's what he does. So yeah. he does that. What he does. Um, I don't know where he gets his pigheadedness from, but <laughs> 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 but anyway, that no, they um, yeah, it's it's sort of yeah, everything's working pretty good for us at the moment. So someone said to me recently that you know, in our life, no matter what we're doing. So, you know, Finn's a workaholic. He he loves to work and there's very good reason for that. That's where his passion is. And with that come sacrifices. And, and that's kind of like what you're saying. You were away working because ultimately that's, you're building a foundation yep. and, and you need to do that to build that foundation. Yeah. Yep. I, I enjoyed my work, don't get me wrong. I, I I wouldn't have done it if I didn't enjoy it. I really enjoyed. I enjoy working ten men and and getting along with them and and getting our job done and getting it done properly. Yeah, I always sort of never wanted to half-ass things. If you're going to do something, do it properly and and do it good. And um, it's sort of paid off for us. So I think you know through those dry years, I guess, and you know interest bills and all that sort of thing. Things have been <laughs> got tight a few yeah. times, but you know you. Come to paradise, win a bit of money, it pays for a bill, and yeah, it's um, it's the land, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I wouldn't wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, I wouldn't want to change anything. So, camp drafting has become so much more than a weekend sport to you and Jay. Like Jay's an incredible competitor, and so is Madison. Yeah, Madison yeah. is unbelievable. Yeah. How proud are you? Oh, probably it's um, yeah, it's nothing better than watching um. Like J.R. Madison um, on a weekend, at, especially Madison, you know, um, Jay and I have been drafting for years, but then you watch Madison come out and do what she does. It's um, And she does it so humbly, like she's yeah. just... Yeah, and that's, I really like that. I guess that's that's sort of how we are too. And I'm, I see other kids that are um, a bit the other way inclined and... But anyway, that's, that's them. But well, that's I'm, obviously I'm, a reflection of you yeah, guys. I'm happy... Really happy, or both of us are really happy how competitive she is, but how she goes about it. Yeah. I think that's, there's a lot in that. Roger Federer has always been a big fan of mine, the way he goes about his tennis and 
how good he is and how humble he is. And I think that's a big thing in sport. So we spoke about, you know, staff management and and I get the idea that you're really big into sort of mindset and navigating personalities and understanding that. Yep. It's hard to, um, like I've handed the show over, Will's bought all my gear and and doing a um, couple of same jobs and and a lot of same followers working for him and um, I really enjoy you know working out where people work the best um, and getting the best out of them. But getting on with them like you know it's a big thing for ten people to live together and for six months of the year and work hard. Um, don't worry, we party hard too. Like I was never never one to knock a party back, but. You get up next morning and go to work. Up. Like it's yeah. not like yeah, you go partying and don't turn up the next day. Yeah, sometimes you don't want to and don't worry. I've had the fellas that work for me. You know, we've had a moment or two that yeah, we never didn't want to get up or didn't get up. Like it's sort of. But anyway, it averages out. But I really enjoyed it. Getting on with them and getting the job done. Pretty much getting the job done was all that, that meant a lot to me. And you can do things with people that are really green or not really wanting to be there if you can place them and put them in the right spot. Just like trying to put a really ordinary horse around. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about that. The bad horses. You said your dad used to throw you in the deep end on that one. Yeah, because we never had mobile phones or phone service or yeah, pretty much you had to put the coins in the slot thing, the (laughs) no phone booth. Phone phone booth to ring ring home and mayday. Um, yeah, so someone would turn up in a horse float and they're like, oh, how you going, Ben? Yeah, good. Yeah, who are you, pretty much? <laughs> and they'd say, um, your dad said you'd ride a horse for me for a couple of weeks. Like, oh, yeah, what's um, – I never. after a while I didn't even bother asking what it was like because I knew what they'd be like. Yeah. They'd either buck or bolt yeah. or do something. I do rip him off the float. And they're like, are oh, you going to get on now? I mean, now's as good a time as any. And I'd just yeah. get on it, wham, we whip under its guts and – Half of them had just cantered off because they'd never been hit with a whip or never had anyone that didn't really care what they did. And, um, yeah, there were some interesting trips through the timber or cattle. And yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, it was sort of all all a bit of um, learning curve. It helped with rodeo um, a lot. I didn't really care. I was never ever worried about getting on a horse or um, a lot of cowboys, especially one I used to travel with, he was terrified of them, poor bugger. <laughs> and I'm like, man, you're right. You want me to get on it? Like he was. Did yeah. he used to ride on? Yeah, yeah, he'd get on eventually, but he was that nervous. And um, I, yeah, I was <laughs> like, geez, come on. You know, <laughs> anyway, yeah, that was how he did. I mean, he rode pretty good and won a lot of rodeos too. But, uh, they never bothered me that much, and that probably helped. And that's, that's pretty much how Dad and Artie, Artie used to ride 70, 80 mile at night um, on a horse to get on a horse that they reckon they couldn't ride and they'd, they'd rock up there and the, all them old fellas back in the day told me that they'd never ever seen Artie Hall throwing off a horse. So yeah, right. He was pretty sticky and uh, we had a lot of fun with that. <laughs> so are you a cowboy that can tell me every horse you've ridden in the out of the buck and shoot? Ah, shit, no. Could you tell me the best ones? Did you even rate them? Yep. Uh, QT. Of Gary McPhee, she was really good. And, um, geez, I can't even remember his name now. Also, Robert Robert McPhee's, um, yeah, no, I can't remember it now. That's that's how good I can remember their names. But here, I've won a couple of rodeos on them and they were really good to get on. And Paper Rock was probably 
of Happy Gills was uh, probably the toughest horse I ever got on, or roughest, strongest horse. He was a massive big horse, and I only got on him once and won the Bronco to Lowood on him. But, yeah, they they were probably the two best, the three best horses I got on in Australia, I guess. A um, lot of good horses that were good to ride and a lot of rougher horses that you really didn't want to get on, but you won money on them or whatever. But they were sort of three that stuck out. But, yeah, it was good. I love, I love rodeo on and the worst part about it, you went there to get on one horse. Yeah, that's right. You did the miles for yeah, one ride. drive all bloody night to yeah. get on one horse and the stinking thing wouldn't buck or... Yeah. And then it got to where you knew when you were going to the rodeo what horse you had and you knew you weren't going to probably do any good on that horse. So it just got, it got old pretty quick. Then I ended up out in the West and there wasn't too many people to travel with. And yeah. I was going to ask, what, what made you stop? Um... The thought of starting to ride bad. Yeah, okay. I felt like I was riding best I ever rode before I stopped, but I was always thinking about, I hope I don't fall off in front of everyone. You know, it's like watching watching a sportsman keep playing until they're, you know, people saying, what's he still doing it for, you know? So I thought, here's a good time to stop riding now when you're still riding good. And, um, yeah, I didn't miss it that much. I'd still go and watch the wrong ride. Um, I really like bullock riding. It was the best fun. You could just <laughs> throw caution to the wind and just kick wherever it was hard. And, yeah, it was awesome. We rock back and have a lot of fun with it. it and I, oh, yeah, I could have kept doing that for ages. It was best fun. Um, there's no style or talent in that. Just rock back and let them yeah. let it rip. I love bullock riding. But, yeah, bronc riding, I, uh, I just I didn't want to get to where I was getting thrown off and they were saying, well, what's that old fella still doing? Yeah. You know, like, and uh, so I thought, oh, well, quit when you were going good. And I'd done what I wanted to get done. And, yeah, I was happy with what, I, what I'd done sort of thing at the time. Very good. Then I got on one about over 40s bronco at Concurry. All the young fellas had working for me. It was it was pretty good. They were all riding too. And I and, uh, got on one there. And also I'd wanted to get on too all my career. And old mate would never let, never sort of line it up so I could get on him and, Anyway, he said, oh, you want to get on that horse tonight? And I think we're both as old as each other. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, hell yeah. So, anyway, it worked out all right. We got, a, got him rode and had a bit of fun. And the boys thought it was pretty good too. So it was, Didn't fall off? No. Didn't fall off? No, uh, it was a bit sore the next day. But, yeah, I bet uh, you would have been. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, it um, comes with the, with the program, really. <laughs> so, Ben, the camp drafting success is not foreign to your name. 19 years of age you were when you first won the Warwick Gold Cup. Yep. Can you remember how you felt? Oh, yeah. It was unbelievable. I always wanted to be the youngest to win. They said, oh, you know, whatever. 18 was the youngest. And I thought, oh, that's me. Oh, we're up. Always sort of, you know, you always set your sights high. Everyone does, I guess, and couldn't get it done. And then, um, yeah, I had a really good black mare at the time and, yeah, I still remember the run. Still remember the final run. It was um, she was a good mare. And which horse did you win it on? Uh, Rihanna. Yeah. Yeah, and she'd won one two opens the weekend before, leading up. Yeah. I won Condamine on her, and then didn't go to Chinchilla that year. I went to we went to Scone because it had a rodeo as well, and I didn't like Chinchilla much at the time, and so we went down there, and she won the open there, and then we come back and won cup. So, and uh, she broke a leg the oh, next draft I went to, but. Um, That's rough. Yeah, it, but it um, these things happen. And, they uh, do. Yeah. yeah, but it um, 
Yeah, it's definitely one that sticks out in your mind at, at that age and that time it was, yeah, it was pretty exciting. Eh? 19. Yeah. You were legal age at the bar. Oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that didn't matter back then really, no, the legal it didn't, age. Did it? Yeah, no, sort of, Not that I ever drank much when I was younger than underage, but. Yeah, um, yeah. You would have been at school too much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so, mate, did Rihanna have any, you know, great bloodlines in her? No, nah, she was by Revenge, 77 Revenge of mum and dad's. Out of um, my grandfather's give mama mare, Johnny Lunham, he give mama racehorse mare, thoroughbred right. mare, and she was out of her. He never drafted much. I remember as a kid we'd go over to the draft there and the Canamble or Cumbie Chance and Johnny would come out and they'd stick him on a horse in the old buffers or something and he could put one around and, like, he rode racers for a living, but he could still put a cow around. Like, he was um, he was that sort of horseman. He could deal with deal with what was in front of him and he had a reputation of getting a lot of bad horses going, buck jumpers and, you know, bucking out of the out of the barriers and bolting bad horses. He, he had a big reputation of fixing them. and But, yeah, he could rock up at a draft and that sort of – that stuck in my mind too. Like, you know, someone can come from a different aspect of horse sports and rock up and jump on someone else's horse and and do that. I, I had a lot of respect for him for that. So at what point did you sit up and go, camp drafting's my game and this is where we're going? Like, at what point did you really take it seriously or did you always take it seriously? Oh, I, I just enjoyed it. Obviously, I had a bit of help, talent, I guess, into it. Um, but I, I've always enjoyed it and it, it was just a pretty much a show of what we did during the week, even up till you know, the last couple of years, having the likes of Will and Joe Duggan and, you know, my best young followers, you know, all over the country working for me, you know, we be drafting cattle and I think a lot of it comes from that even working cattle like we're in the pound and you know we'd put a carton on if you miss miss their eye drafting in the yard like it was just like if you miss something looking at a gate and you miss letting him through there or or missed him completely like it was yeah you copped it pretty hard like it was fine tuning of it I guess come at work and then we put it the show on the weekend now it's got to a bit of business like now, like it's um, the money, uh, a lot of shows and I think they're going to get bigger and bigger. You know, there's drafts that are to win 20 grand plus or, you know, up to 100 grand now and I think there'll be a lot more of them come about. So it's um, pretty much game on, like you've got to get a bit serious about it. And, but at the end of the day, you still got to have fun doing it and oh, I've always had a lot of fun like I've yeah, I do like to party with the best of them sort of thing. You know, I hate to be the last one, the first one to go home, fighting and missing out on something. But <laughs> FOMO. Yeah, yeah. And, but that that's a part of it. Like, yeah, there's no point sitting down your truck doing a cup of tea and not enjoying the weekend. I'd rather enjoy the weekend. If you didn't do any good, you can say a good weekend yeah. with your mates and yeah. good party. If you got a ribbon, well, it was a bonus sort of thing. Yeah. But it, it has got... It has got a bit serious and, and I probably have taken it a little bit more serious now so I'm not working, not going away working. Yeah, yeah. It, it's sort of, our, um, I don't say an income, but it, it, it helps out a bit. And if these drafts keep getting bigger and bigger, well, yeah, I think it'll be an income, I guess. Well, I guess it is in, in some way, like you've got, you know, not so much if you, you win at the event, but it's the, you know, the horse that you represent that breeds the next, 
foal that sells that nutrient or do you yep. know what I mean? So it is actually an income. Oh, definitely. Like it, um, breeding your own and, um, and campaigning your own and it, it definitely does help. Like there's more aspects to actually just winning the draft. It's like you say, you know, you got them, it's out of that mare or buy that horse. Yeah. We've been pretty fortunate with their two families' bloodlines. Jay's family and, and my family, bloodlines that we've um, been pretty successful with. A fella did say to me once, um, he was asked, what breed of horse do you like? And he said, the one with the blue ribbon around his neck. <laughs> and I'm a bit of a fan of that too. Like I'm not just discriminate to some horses. If he's a good one, he's a good one. Like, yeah. We do like breeding our own and it's great to compete on your own and a horse that you've trained to. You can get on. Get on good horses of someone else's and showcase them, but there's nothing better than winning on the one that you've broke in, trained, bred, yeah, yep, and um, put through, and you come out and win a big draft on. You think, yeah, I'm um, satisfying. If you're someone else's ridden him and you just jump on him here and put him around and win a draft, you're like, oh yeah, that's pretty good. But yeah, you know, someone else got him going. But I get a lot out of the ones that if I've made it. It um, means a lot more to me than, yeah, I've ridden plenty of horses for other people and, yeah, it's been good and won a lot of drafts on them too, don't worry, but not as good as the one you've trained yourself. So in your opinion, what do you value as a good horse? One with a blue ribbon on his neck. They've got to have speed and be very biddable. Like if, you, if they can't take a pull on the face and kick in the belly and, and get over it, this is how this sport is. It happens that quick and nerves and all, everything everything comes into it, cattle, and if they can't be pulled on their face and kicked in the belly and, and go where you want them to go at that time instantly, they're not going to make it here. If they resist and don't like it, I always think that you've got to remember three things. Did you have a terrible beast or did you make the mistake or was it your horse's fault in that order? Then you can deal with it from, from them. That's sort of how I um, deal with them. Sometimes it gets a little bit mixed up with them <laughs> things and you've got to get reminded. Shay reminds me every now and again, but if you look at it that way, I think, yeah. I'm going to ask you this because I've been asked to ask you this. When's the last time you've been bucked off? Well, it doesn't count if your saddle comes <laughs> off. Um, yeah, it doesn't count if your saddle comes off. What are you talking, months, weeks, days? No, only a couple of weeks ago. You're Bloody right. fat bung or thing. <laughs> saddle couldn't ride it. So how's a man supposed to stay on if your saddle doesn't stay on? So it's not your fault. Mate, <laughs> a good tradesman doesn't blame his tools. Yeah, I do. <laughs> 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 yeah. Yeah. I haven't had too many gusses, but yeah, I took one another day. Ben Hall, final question. How proud are you of your achievements? Uh, yeah, I am. Um, I'm more proud of Madison, I guess, than... Um, than what I've done, um, Madison and Jay, I think, yeah, what I've done, yeah, I'm happy with it and um, I'm not finished yet either. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I'm more proud of them, I think. Yeah. Good on you. Congratulations for such a great life so far. Like it's… It's been pretty good. Yeah. I've, I've thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and, and I do thank you for sharing your experiences with us. And I wish you all the best at 2022 Paradise Lagoons and the ACA Finals and forevermore. Yep. Thank you. Thanks, Ben. Good on you. Thanks to our sponsor, Hewitt Consulting and Communications. 